The fantasy football trade deadline is almost here and welcome to the pretend GM fantasy football show. I'm Alfredo Brown with Dave Kluge. He and I are going to be giving you seven players to target at the trade deadline and all kinds of ranges too. This isn't just like a bunch of like buy low kind of guys like this from low level to superstars. And Dave, let's just start this out. Let's come in hot. We're talking about one of the got to be the biggest superstar name in this entire episode that we're going to be doing and it's jamar chase so what i want to ask you is we've seen over the past few weeks there's been success with t higgins tyler boyd and you know jamar's coming back from hip injury is he a guy that is actually on your radar as a trade target Absolutely. I mean, he is a game-breaking talent, especially with Cooper Cup out now. I think that he falls into that top five conversation pretty easily. So absolutely, if you can get a top five talent on your team, he is somebody worth targeting. And just for this week, you know, there's some reports that he might be on a snap limit coming back from that injury, but you just got to play him with confidence. You know, Jamar Chase isn't a guy that you're starting in the hopes that he's going to get a Cooper Cup type workload and see 18 targets. You're starting him with the hopes that he can rip off a huge touchdown. And even in limited snaps, he still has that in his range of outcome so the floor and ceiling are both lowered a little bit if he's limited this week but you're starting him with confidence and if he's available on the trade market if you can get him now after he's already missed this time it's just screaming by yeah so i bring him up because he's actually my number one trade target here on this episode so let's talk about jamar chase wide receiver for the cincinnati Bengals. and i set you up perfect man like now you're just making me look smart because we both agree on this that that's 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 called professionalism dave so We've already just got the report. Breaking news. Like right before we started recording, Joe Burrow says that he and the Bengals expect Jamar Chase back this week against the Tennessee Titans. And, I've, you know, following various doctors, all the fantasy doctors online, or even our own Dr. Vignesh Doroswamy has said, this hip issue should not be a problem going forward. It's just one of those things that, you know, you recover from. Um, and, you know, with him going up against the Titans, this is a really good matchup this week. They're allowing the third most points to fantasy wide receivers. So I don't know that I could think of a better matchup for him to come back into and just sort of ease into it. Mind you, he's got the third easiest strength of schedule remaining for a fantasy wide receiver. He's got Tennessee this upcoming week, Kansas city, the week after that Cleveland, the week after that. And then let's look way ahead because I'm going to have a lot of like a, a fantasy playoff type theme to these, these trade targets looking at the championship week. The Bengals have a potential shootout game versus Buffalo. So Jamar Chase going up against a Josh Allen-led offense with a good Joe Burrow, which, by the way, Joe Burrow is hitting his stride right now, okay? 300 passing yards and three touchdowns in three of his last five games. He's had the second highest graded uh, passer rating in the NFL since week eight. Uh, it's just he, the Bengals are hitting their stride at the right time. Jamar Chase is coming back at the right time, and Dave, I just I don't think that we ever really get the opportunity to go out and acquire a player at this elite level at such a pivotal point in the season. This is one of those times where I just think that the the value, the talent, all that, whatever you want to call it about the players meets a really good opportunity. Yeah, and the thing is, you're probably not going to be able to go out and get Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, right. Justin Jefferson. Those guys aren't on the table, but these guys that have been holding out to Jamar Chase for the last few weeks could be looking at a slide where they've lost a few games and they need to make a shakeup before the deadline. So that's why, like you said, you can't normally get a player of this caliber, but you might be able to because that Jamar Chase fantasy manager could be in a tough spot right now and looking to make a change. Really quick, guys, before we go any further, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button, that little thumbs up, click the bell to subscribe. And 
as always. Drop your questions in the comments below, and I'm going to get back to every single one of them, okay? Trade, trade deadline is here. It's really easy to say. Trade deadline is here. So I know we're going to have a lot of questions, and this is that moment that could totally define your season. So drop those questions in the comments below. All right, Dave, I'm being a little bit selfish here. I'm going to go right into my next trade target here, uh, and, and it's Najee Harris. Najee Harris running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this one is one of those that, man, it's just, it's weird to say, right? Because like Najee had, I, I was one of those few people that was still holding out a lot of hope for Najee. You know, I had the candle lit for him before the season and it's just been bad. It's just been bad. He has not looked good. The Pittsburgh Steelers offense has not been good, but now this hamstring injury for Jalen Warren kind of opens things back up again. Um, some very interesting stats from Edwin Poros, who he, he's a, a, a PT and he works for a number of fire and he does a lot of great stuff involving injuries. And he actually wrote here with, with the hamstring injury to Jalen Warren average missed time for hamstring injury, 17 days. So that's likely two weeks out. And you got to remember with these soft tissue injuries, they start to come back. They linger one in five players that had this injury had a recurrence of the injury. So it could come back. Like Dave, think about guys like Kadarius, Tony Keenan Allen, like these things always come back now. Even with Jalen Warren in the lineup over the last two weeks, Najee's actually gotten a pretty good workload. We're talking about 40 carries running the ball back-to-back games with 90 rushing yards or more. And these were against good opponents. Good opponents. The New Orleans Saints, Cincinnati Bengals, both teams that are pretty good at stopping the run. Targets are starting to come back over the last six games. He's averaging four targets a game, which, I mean, it's a lot better than what at the beginning of the season. So things are you know trending upward for Najee and that opportunity is coming back. Uh, Kenny Pickett in the Steelers' offense, just simply looked better. I was actually pleasantly surprised at how good they looked against the Bengals in week 11. And this week he plays the Colts. Colts have been pretty good on defense. They're, they're without Quiddy Pay, who has been a big part of their run defense. So this could be a, a good opportunity for him continuing. But Najee Harris, fifth easiest remaining strength of schedule for a running back. He's got Atlanta, Carolina, and Las Vegas. All of those teams rank in the top eight in most points allowed to fantasy running backs. I know it's an ugly name, Dave, but how are you feeling about Najee's? I think the one thing that jumps out to me is the rushing yards over expectation per attempt. That's a stat that I really like to measure a running back's efficiency. And right now, looking at the bottom of the NFL, we're looking at Daryl Henderson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Melvin Gordon, Cam Akers, and Najee Harris as the bottom. So that's the one thing that concerns me is the efficiency hasn't really been there this year. But we know that Mike Tomlin is a great coach. And I think that if anything, him kind of pushing Najee to the back burner in favor of Jalen Warren seemed to have lit a little bit of a fire under him because last week he did have some juice and he was breaking tackles and looked like a much better player than he did early in the season. So we've got a pretty big sample size at the beginning of the season where Najee Harris didn't look good at all. But over the last couple of weeks, we are starting to see him take a step forward. So right now you can get him for cheap and because of that i don't hate it i don't want to go out and trade a stud but if you're able to flip a right. guy who's hot right now you know a jeff wilson jr or maybe even a ramadre stevenson who is starting to lose some touches and you can bring in a guy like Najee harris i like it just don't go away and trade away too much for Najee harris can i let me uh, let's play a little game here i want to do this it, so let's get almost a, a similar player running back would you trade jamal williams for Najee harris I think in this situation, I'd probably prefer Najee Harris. And Jamal Williams has been great, but I don't know if you can bank on him scoring two or three touchdowns every single week. So I, I think I'd go Najee here. Yeah, I think that, that that's kind of the, the the trade market you want to look at is one of those guys that you want to be able to trade away before they turn into a proverbial pumpkin. So <laughs> Najee Harris, uh, I really like him as a trade target going forward. All right, Dave, I'll stop being so selfish. 
You are up, sir. You have actually one of my favorites here for the trade target episode. Talk to me about Isaiah Pacheco. Now, I got to say, to start the season, I was not in on Isaiah Pacheco at all. I mean, we've been fooled by all of these guys in Kansas City, these late-round running backs that we think are going to be the guy. Even when they draft a first-round running back in Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he ended up not being the guy. So I had my guard up when it came to Isaiah Pacheco. But you got to look at the numbers here. I mean, a 4-3-7 40-yard dash puts him in the 99th percentile. 27 bench reps at the Combine put him in the 93rd percentile for strength. I mean, this guy's an athlete, and you can see it on the field. And don't get me wrong. There are a lot of deficiencies with him as a runner. He lacks vision. He lacks patience. And you see him running into the back of his offensive line and making some really bonehead calls when he gets the ball in his hand. But when he hits the hole, he passes the eye test with flying colors. He's got quick and active feet. He isn't afraid to get low and run through a defender. And he's just fast. I mean, he's got an elite burst that just jumps off the screen when you watch him play. Kansas City has now increased his workload over the last couple of weeks, which is obviously a really good sign. And he just had the first 100-yard rushing game by a Chief in over a year. So wow. his ceiling is going to be limited because he doesn't get that pass catching work that is unfortunately going to Jarek McKinnon. But if he starts seeing some goal line opportunities with the workload that he is already receiving, that just pushes him into that league winner territory. And we just talked about Jamar Chase, you know, being the kind of breaking news that he is going to be coming back. Well, we just got word less than a half hour ago that Clyde Edwards Alaire hit IR with a high ankle sprain. So he's going to miss at least the next four weeks. So I don't think that Isaiah Pacheco is going to get any pass down work just because of his struggles as a pass catcher and a pass blocker but he is going to see somewhere between 15 and 20 rushes a game like I said if he can just work in a little bit of goal line work he could be a smash down the stretch in fantasy leagues yeah Isaiah Pacheco is one of those guys I mean if if I can make a case for Najee Harris I, I had probably also better like Isaiah Pacheco uh, because for Najee being as inefficient as he was, Pacheco's actually been a pretty good runner. And, you know, we'd be remiss to say that he doesn't have, you know, he does have his deficiencies as a runner, Dave, just like you said, like there's times where he he's kind of like the kid that in JV football, like just gets put into the game for the first time. And he's so excited that he's running 150% speed, but doesn't quite remember what the play was like. <laughs> that's kind of what Isaiah Pacheco looks like. Like he's the guy that runs into his quarterback and the lineman as he gets the ball because he's just running as fast as he can in a direction. Um, and so if there's an offense for him to be in and take a guy that's that kind of crazy athlete that just has all that balled up energy, it's the Kansas City Chiefs offense because they are so creative. And now you've got the injury to Kadarius Tony. You've got Juju Smith Schuster who still has not practiced yet. The, this offense is looking, I mean, I'm not going to say for an identity, but it's looking for more playmakers. And it's almost just been a war of attrition now with this backfield. So Isaiah Pacheco continues to prove that he can and is going to be the starting running back for this Chiefs offense. And uh, Dave, you mentioned it, 100-yard rushing game, but back-to-back -back games with 80 yards or more running the football. So Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is actually, I think he's going to be the player that's going to be on the most championship rosters this year in fantasy football. Yeah, it seems like when he touches the ball, he's doing one of two things. He's either running into his own offensive line or he's picking up 12 to 15 yards. I mean, he's got two things that are happening pretty much every single time he touches the ball. And with that kind of explosiveness on an explosive offense, I think that he is absolutely worth the risk. All right, so my next guy here that I have as a trade target is DK Metcalf, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. And you know what? I'm going to do a little two-for-one package. All right, you know, it's almost that Black Friday, so let's, let's talk about it. Like a sale here, you two-for-one. This also works for Tyler Lockett. A lot of the things I'm going to say here just also works for Tyler Lockett. And the, the thing is, what makes me lean towards DK Metcalf over Lockett is DK actually leads the NFL in end zone targets with 13. 
And I think that that's such a, that's one of those stats that I just don't think we pay enough attention to, right? Especially a guy like this, where when it comes to the wide receiver position, uh, having that ceiling is just so important. I think we could all, for the most part, pretty much gauge who's going to get the volume, who's going to get, you know, the PPR points, but to have that ceiling of touchdowns, that's what makes a guy like Devonte Adams just shoot up the, the leaderboard in terms of fantasy points each week. And so, um, right now, DK Metcalf, he's number 11 in targets per route run rate, 25%. So we know that the usage is there. We know that he's getting good targets in the end zone and then to take a look at it seattle they've got the ninth easiest remaining strength of schedule for a fantasy wide receiver that's why i say it kind of works also for tyler lockett as well but dk metcalf it's it's interesting it's almost like an eye of the beholder thing it's one of those you either think that he's been really bad or really good because you can almost twist these stats whichever way you want to right like he's been number 30 and 31 in, in ppr points per game but He's also been a top 18 PPR wide receiver in five out of the last eight weeks. So, you know, the data can get a little fuzzy. You can just kind of adjust it whichever way you want. But since week three, he's been the wide receiver 11. He's averaging nearly 14 PPR points per game. Lockett, by the way, has been the wide receiver seven. So these Seattle wide receivers have been very good. They've got three easy opponents coming up next, the Raiders, the Rams, and the Panthers. And then we talked earlier about you having that playoff spin to things. They've got two shootouts. Most likely, I'm assuming here, San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, two teams that could score points. And the Seattle Seahawks are likely going to be passing the ball a lot. Dave, how do you feel about DK Metcalf? Well, I think, like you said, you know, the data gets a little bit fuzzy with DK Metcalf, but I wrote an article going into last offseason where I said everybody has this kind of idea that DK Metcalf is going to step up and just become an alpha wide receiver one. And I never really saw that with him. You know, he doesn't have that ability to pull targets, but he is very much so a boomer bust wide receiver. And I think that in fantasy football, people need to learn to embrace that. Not every single person is going to give you a high floor week to week, but when DK does have those spike weeks, he's going to single-handedly win you weeks. So I can not get enough of DK Metcalf. I think people just need to kind of change their perception. He's not going to be this Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss type of super elite wide receiver that we thought he'd be, but his speed, his athleticism, his ability with contested catches give him the ability to have massive spike weeks. So I love DK Metcalf and he's a guy that I'm trying to acquire as well. All right, before we go any further, I want to let everyone know, Dave, you cannot qualify for this, but we got a giveaway. All right. A football autographed by I mean, almost the only Denver Broncos running back left at this point, Javante Williams. So we know there's going to be some job security next year. So we have a football autographed by Javante Williams. All you have to do to win this football is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Send that screenshot over to me on Twitter at the Pretend GM. We've already had a lot of the entries starting to come in. So you know, start to get those in there. It's really simple. Just go over to Apple Podcast, leave that five-star review, and that's it. You're entered to win. All right, Dave. So talk to me here about, I said, Isaiah Pacheco was probably my favorite player in this episode that you're talking about as a trade target, but Jamison Williams has been my guy since I first flipped on the film to watch him for this NFL draft. And you have him as one of your trade targets. You know, I felt kind of guilty picking Jamison Williams because I figured he was going to be one of your trade targets. I know how much you love this guy. You've been talking about him since before the draft process even started. He's arguably the best wide receiver in this rookie class. And Alfredo, I don't think you'll push back on that. I think that you agree with me here. I think he would have been the wide receiver one drafted off the board if it wasn't for this late season ACL that really kind of muddled up the waters and pushed Drake London and some other guys up. But he's six foot one with four three speed. Four three oh. I mean, he ran a four three flat. That puts him in the 99th percentile. And there's this misconception that that's all he does, that he can just stretch the field. 
This guy is not Deshaun Jackson. He is a very well-rounded receiver that can win in any aspect of the field. So I think that he's going to step in as the wide receiver one. And don't get me wrong, Amon St. Brown is a great wide receiver. I just think that Jamison Williams is better. The Lions offense right now has no deep threat whatsoever. Amon St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, DeAndre Swift, the tight ends, they all work underneath. And this team really wants a deep threat. That's why they went out and they signed DJ Chark in the offseason. That's why they drafted Jamison Williams. And DJ Chark hasn't worked out so far when he was healthy he wasn't really doing too much then he dealt with some injuries hasn't been the same since coming back from the injury but Jameson Williams is going to be that deep threat that's going to help stretch the field and make the entire offense better so Williams is going to come in Jameson Williams and open up an offense which is already averaging the sixth most yards per play in the NFL and with the Lions playing on Thanksgiving he's going to have a long week now to prepare for week 13 and could be back as soon as that matchup so there's a chance that you don't have to go trade for him if you're in a shallow league with short benches you might be able to pick him up on waivers right now but if he is on somebody's team try and send an offer out because he could be back as soon as week 13 yeah i really love this situation that jameson is, is going into i don't know that i'm quite there to say that he is better maybe as a prospect right like he was better as amonra st brown uh better than amonra st brown but I think that what they're going to do is it's going to be a little bit of apples and oranges here. What I absolutely love, Dave, you mentioned having DJ Chark on this team. They got to test out a bunch of stuff with DJ Chark and be like, cool, that doesn't work with him. <laughs> He's simply either not good enough, not healthy enough, whatever you want to call it. But we've seen success with Josh Reynolds. We've seen success with Khalif Raymond. And now we're going to get a guy who, as you mentioned, had athleticism in the 99th percentile. And to put that into perspective, he is one of only three players that has ever been clocked at 23 miles per hour. The other two happen to be on my Miami Dolphins, Raheem Mostert and Tyreek Hill. So when we're talking about a guy who the athleticism is just crazy, it might not be there just yet because he is coming back from this injury. But this is one of those guys that as we get a little bit deeper into the season, all it's going to take is for that one first game for things to click. We saw how that happened with Odell Beckham Jr. as a rookie, with Justin Jefferson as a rookie. We've seen these players that are able to step in seemingly out of nowhere and become fantasy successes. So Dave, I, I love this one with Jameson Williams. All right, moving on here. We got another wide receiver who I think a lot of people loved going into the year. They loved him last year and it feels like every year we're waiting for the breakout. And Dave, you said, you said something when we talked about DK Metcalf and it's just kind of managing your expectations. And that's how I feel here. Okay. My next player is DJ Moore, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. And um, I think this is interesting. Uh, no Christian McCaffrey, no Robbie Anderson, right? We've already been seeing that. Sam Darnold is now back as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And I don't think I'd ever say this in my life, but this seems like it's actually good for the offense and good for DJ Moore. Like it, it's so just, it's weird, but it's the truth in 12 games with Sam Darnold as his quarterback, DJ Moore had a 29% target share, averaging 10 targets per game, nearly six receptions per game. He was getting 42% of the team's air yards. So, and he was actually getting roughly 71 yards per game. So this was a guy that was going out there and giving you pretty good numbers on a consistent basis. He was averaging just under 15 PPR points per game at 14.6 to put it into perspective this year. He's only had two games with 14 or more PPR points. So if that's what he was averaging with Sam Darnold and this year, he hasn't even been close to that. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about having Sam Darnold back. Mind you, if I take those numbers that he had last year, that point per game average and what he was doing with Sam Darnold, 
you know, he'd be the wide receiver 10 in PPR this year. I don't know what that says more about, whether it's the wide receiver production, the health of players, or just maybe Sam Darnold's a god. I don't know. But right now, DJ Moore's been the wide receiver 28, and I don't think that any fantasy football manager who has been rostering DJ Moore wants to keep him on their team. I think they'd be happy to get rid of him. And if you're able to get DJ Moore, this is one of those guys, that if you stash him and you kind of look towards those playoffs, week 14, he's got Seattle, then Pittsburgh, and then Detroit, all throughout the fantasy playoffs. And those are some juicy matchups. If he can kind of put up similar numbers, I think he gives you low-end wide receiver two value with some top 15 upside. I, I agree with this one wholeheartedly. And anybody that listened to me last week on Chris Harris's pod, I don't want you thinking that I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because last week I had DJ Moore outside of my top 50. That was not an indictment on DJ Moore. That was 100% an indictment on Baker Mayfield being the starter quarter, yeah. starting quarterback and his inability to support any sort of fantasy relevant wide receiver. So yeah, it sounds wild, but thank goodness Sam Darnold is back <laughs> because DJ Moore is back on the menu now. All right, Dave, we're getting to your last player here, and it is running back Damian Harris for the New England Patriots. All right, I'm just going to you know, be uh, I'm gonna be clear about this. This is coming from a little bit of a place of bias. I love Damian Harris. I've loved him since he came into the league, and I'm trying not to look at this through my rose-colored glasses that love Damian Harris, but he looked pretty darn good last week. And when I heard Sigmund Bloom say on his waiver wire video yesterday that Damian Harris looked better than Ramadre Stevenson, I felt vindication and a little bit of comfort in sharing this take with the rest of the world. We know last year, Damian Harris was the RB14 in PPR formats, and that was propped up by 15 touchdowns. Now this year, he has three touchdowns going into 2022, but he has either missed or been limited in four of 10 possible games this year. Picked up a hamstring injury. He also dealt with an illness that kind of came out of nowhere and caused him to miss a week. Week 11 last week was the first time that he has really looked healthy since week four, and he averaged five times as many yards per carry as Ramadre Stevenson. That's right, five times as many yards per carry. He looked unstoppable, and he was graded as PFF's third best running back for week 11. So now we finally see him healthy again, and we know Bill Belichick is extremely volatile with how he hands out his workloads to running backs. Littlefinger from Game of Thrones said it best, chaos is a ladder, and Damian Harris can climb that ladder at any moment. Now, the way things are looking right now, Ramadre Stevenson obviously has the higher ceiling. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Damian Harris stole the job last week, but injuries happen, and Damian Harris could take over at some point because Bill Belichick wakes up and decides that Damian Harris is the guy. So right now, I think you can kind of look at Damian Harris as an RB2 or a flex going forward, and if, for whatever reason, something were to happen to Ramadre Stevenson, Damian Harris has massive contingent upside for the rest of the year. Okay, so first of all, I was not expecting a little finger reference at any point <laughs> during this episode. We could have gone for a seven-hour episode, and I never would have guessed that there would have been a reference to little finger in this. But Dave, I, I you know what? I kind of like this, and I think it, it it's one of those. It depends on who you talk to. So many people were excited that Ramondre Stevenson was having this breakout, and to kind of you know steal like the terminology you're using, it's not an indictment on on, on Ramondre Stevenson. It's an understanding of how Bill Belichick has always used these running backs. And I get it. People are going to point to the snap, the snap counts and, and, and all that. And, you know, Damian Harris coming back, but he did look good. He did get the carries. And I, I don't think it's crazy to assume that those carries are going to start to even out a little bit more. Ramondre Stevenson is still the, the better back in, in terms of fantasy production. And I don't think anyone's going to argue that. But this is about who you can go and get. 
I don't think anyone is going to be giving you Ramondre Stevenson at a good price. Whereas Damian Harris is a guy that I think you can, like you said, plug him in as maybe your emergency RB2, as a flex play, a guy that you need to get him into your roster. He's probably easy to acquire at this point. Dave, I feel dirty saying this because I am a Dolphins fan. It's Michael Carter running back for the New York Jets. And I think that most people would disagree with me on this. And I don't know if you disagree with me on this because I think that everyone is really, really excited about Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore simply because Zach Wilson is no longer the starting quarterback for the Jets. In this case, though, I really want to zig while everyone else is zagging. The new quarterback for the Jets is going to be Mike White. So what have we seen from Mike White in the past? He really loves to throw to the running back. So per Ian Hart, it's a pro football focus. He, he wrote this the other day on Twitter. He's a great follow, by the way. Go check him out. Uh, that Mike White, Joe Flacco are the only two quarterbacks with a check down rate of at least 10% over the past two seasons with a minimum of 100 dropbacks. To put that into perspective, that nearly doubles, okay, the check down rate of Zach Wilson, who was just at 5.3. So Mike White now being named the starting quarterback means good things for that running back room as a whole. And I think that if I had to pick a guy out of this that you can go out and get and he can give you back some value off of trade, it's Michael Carter. Last season with Mike White, Carter was averaging 19 and a half PPR points. Like that's not a typo. It was 19 and a half PPR points in games where Mike White was the starter. He was getting nearly nine targets per game, averaging 60 receiving yards on six receptions per game. And then he would add just typically another 50 yards rushing per game. And it's, it's, we're so far removed from when Michael Carter last season in week eight was actually the PPR running back number one overall that week because he was targeted 14 times, Dave Kluge. Okay, 14 times. I'm not saying this is one of those guaranteed things where, okay, well, now that Mike White is in there, Michael Carter is going to be the stud running back. But we've seen that the ceiling is there. We see that the opportunity is there. I get it. You know, there's now the addition of Garrett Wilson, but this is still Mike White. We have no idea what he's going to be able to do from a passing standpoint, getting the ball downfield to his wide receivers. We know what he does when he's worried. He has his security blanket. It's the running backs. If you're thinking of James Robinson, he was out snapped last week by Ty Johnson. He has not looked good this season. Michael Carter and the Jets running back room have the second easiest strength of schedule going forward. They've got, just to name a few, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, all bad teams against running backs. I know Michael Carter had a bad or rough game last week, but I think that makes him a, a really, really low cost trade target that you can go after. Yeah, and I feel like this is one of those prime situations where you can kind of leverage the dynasty community's outlook on a player because everybody in dynasty football is screaming that you need to sell, sell, sell Michael Carter. And I agree with that take because if we're looking at, you know, a couple of years in advance, you know, Brees Hall is the guy that's going to run away with his backfield. But right now, if all we're playing for is in redraft is through the next few weeks, Michael Carter is going to be the lead back there. James Robinson has showed up and not done much of anything at all. So Mike White or Michael Carter is going to get the carries and he's going to get the pass catching work. Like you said, Mike White checks down a ton. So I like this. I mean, Michael Carter, as gross as it is to say, does kind of profile as a potential league winner right now. Well, that's it for us, everybody. Dave, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to be back next Monday with Dr. Big. Dave, enjoy your Thanksgiving, sir. Audience member, enjoy your Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time. Adios. <laughs>